0: Welcome back. It's Saturday Sports on TSN 690. I'm Joey Alfieri uh, with you till noon with John Still. And uh, no Montreal Impact football this week, but the next game, Friday, November 20th. It's a playoff game against the New England Revolution. And uh, somebody who will likely feature in that game is Impact left back Mustafa Kiza. Mustafa, thanks for joining us. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you, sir.
0: Um, so look, I, I want to just uh, get into what the last few weeks have been like for you. Uh, I know your contract with The Impact, uh, it started on August 12th, but how crazy have things been for you since then?
1: Oh, things have been hard. You know, we've been in a lockdown in our country, so it was hard for me to travel, to travel up to here. Yeah,
0: And uh, so can you tell us what some of those difficulties you had were?
1: It's hard to get a visa when you're from like uganda mm-hmm. to canada yeah and so but the team has been helping me and pushing me and uh, our country the lockdown and playing football so everything was freezed, yeah. yeah and so when i came here i had to i had to quarantine for 14 days mm-hmm. so after those 14 days i had to go to I had to go to Toronto for another six hours to get a visa for America.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it. it yeah. That sounds. That sounds really challenging. So, uh, you,
1: yeah. And, you, and so I had to travel to meet the team mm-hmm. yeah, to America for another six hours. Six to five hours. You know.
0: Yeah. That that sounds like a, an interesting challenge, which yeah, yeah. makes it all the you know it's even more impressive that. You know, you, you got to play almost 20 minutes last weekend. Yeah. Uh, were Were you expecting to play? The, I I know you got a full week of training in with the club, but did you expect to come into the game?
1: Yeah, mo- mostly, uh, you know, into any football player, you have to be prepared at any moment,
0: yeah? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because I was at the bench and watching the game, so, you know, you just need to be prepared. So there's nothing like I'm expecting or I'm not expecting, it depends on the coach and uh, his staff to see how yeah how the team is performing or they need Do you by that game or not
0: yeah so um when was before that game you know that you played here against DC United when was the last time you played and how much did you play
1: uh, it's uh, like uh, 6 months back
0: wow yeah and you played you played you were playing regularly 6 months back
1: yeah, I've been playing in my in the Ugandan league, but so things we have faced everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, okay. you, but you, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. You really impressed me, and I and I know when they acquired you, you t- they told us that you know you're a very aggressive uh, left back, very talented young player. But you know to to come in right away and to factor in the game winning goal. I mean that's yeah. very impressive. How did you make that transition so smoothly?
1: Yeah, you know, in football, everything is possible. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. depends
1: on how you train with the team. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I train with the team three days. Yeah, I could like uh, and the coach could it, yeah, the coach could tell you the philosophy of the team. So, as a young player, you just need to learn and see. Because I learned and
0: yeah. He's impact left back Mustafa Kiza joining us on Saturday Sports with Joey Alfieri on TSN six ninety. So can you take me through uh, the play that led to the third goal, the Romel Kyoto goal? Uh, yeah. I know you cut off the pass, and it's it's a lovely ball up the left side to Mason Toy. Like, can you just tell me, explain to me what you saw in that play, and just how it all unfolded from your perspective?
1: Yeah. So uh, that ball, uh, they were switching the ball mm-hmm. uh, to the right wing. Yeah, so I had gone to cover my side so it was coming on my side. Yeah? Yeah. So I had to intercept it. I intercepted it well. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I saw Manson running towards the goal. So I had to pass the ball in front of him. Yeah.
0: It's just, you, I know you only played 19 minutes, but Mustafa just seemed like every time the ball was on your foot, your head was up and you were looking to drive a ball into the box. It's yeah. just I find it was so impressive. Like, when did you, ha- have you always been that aggressive going forward? Like, have you always been looking to create that way? Yeah,
1: um, yeah, me mostly, my style of play, I like going forward, yeah. Helping the team in the, most in the offensive part, yeah.
0: And... So why Montreal? Why did you decide that it was a good time this summer to come over and, and sign an MLS and sign with the impact?
1: Yeah, so far Montreal, is it's a great team. And so I sat down with my agent, and because Mr. Olivier Renard was following me for the last, I think, three years, at at the time he wanted to sign me mm-hmm. in uh, Standard League, Belgium, while he was still the sporting director. Mm-hmm. So and that pushed me because, yeah, he really knew the talent I have, and yeah, plus the desire to play for, to play, to play to play in the big team like this.
0: So, how well do you know uh, Olivier Renard?
1: Yeah, we've been in contact for for the last uh, two two years, and I think two to three years. Mm-hmm. He's been following me, my progress. Yeah.
0: And and so what's the plan for you? Like wh- what do you want to do here uh you know big picture. I know you know for the next I think you signed a 2-year contract plus uh yeah. three options. So yeah. uh what do you want to accomplish in MLS and then big picture? I'd imagine that the goal is to go to Europe someday.
1: Yeah. Uh, so uh me first of all the the big picture I have now is to play for my team. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, to play for my team, Montreal, to see that we win, we win and we make, like, so, to see that my team gets whatever it wants, like, to win, yeah, to win trophies with the team, yeah, that's the target I have now.
0: Yeah. He's Mustafa Kiza, Impact left back, joining us on Saturday Sports with Joey Alfieri on TSN 690. All right, uh, Mustafa, you mentioned the uh, the 14 days quarantining in a hotel in Montreal. Uh, tell me some of the stuff you did to keep yourself busy. Did you bring a PlayStation or did you like what did you do during those two weeks?
1: Yeah, those three weeks mostly I've been uh, like uh, training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was training in the gym.
0: Okay, so you can go. To, you you were allowed to go to the gym.
1: Yeah, the gym was. Uh, I was allowed. I think me alone. Okay, they couldn't allow anyone else.
0: Yeah. Right. So how how many hours did you train?
1: Uh, it depends on the program because the the coaches were sending me the program. Right. Yeah.
0: So what what kind of things did they ask you to do in the gym?
1: you can't uh I like, can't explain what uh, you have to do this you have to do this right but they, they you know the program that suits me
0: uh-huh yeah so because
1: they they've been following my like every every status right. of me like how the fitness levels and what
0: so when you weren't in the gym how did yeah. <laughs> how did you stay how did you keep busy because I'm trying to imagine that and it's very difficult for me to imagine what I do you know, if, say, I'm from Canada and I'm going to Uganda to quarantine for two weeks, I don't know what I'd do in my room for two weeks.
1: Yeah, mostly I've been here playing games. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. You play FIFA? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you use yourself? Uh, no, because <laughs> for now I'm not really, I don't see myself in it. Oh, you're not in it? Yeah, I'm not in it.
0: Oh, really, that's going to change. It. That's got to change soon.
1: But like if I'm there, yes, of course I have to play with myself.
0: <laughs> would you? So you, know, if I was you, and I, you know, and I was, I, I'm first of all, I'm never going to be in the game because uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not even close to being good enough. Uh, but if I was you, I would put myself a striker, and I would just keep feeding passes to myself until I scored like a <laughs> hundred and fifty goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I I know you mentioned on the Zoom call with the media on Thursday that you've gotten to know a couple of the guys. I know you mentioned that you hung out with uh, Orgio Quanquo and Victor Wanyama. And how have those guys helped you here uh, since you've made the uh, the jump to Montreal?
1: Yeah, they've been helping me a lot. Yeah, mostly to understand the people around. Yeah, the players. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so. How look uh, with this game coming up on on Friday Mustafa like how many how many minutes physically do you think you can give the impact like do you think you could start or do you need a little bit more time
1: Yeah uh, mostly yeah uh, the coach knows better cuz mm-hmm. he he's the one in charge of everything cuz they know my fitness levels and what so it will depend on the coach's decision yeah me my, my thing is to play football so how much? It will, depend, it will depend on coaches.
0: Of course, yeah. No, I, I understand. Um, how much did you watch Terry Henry growing up?
1: Ah, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so the first, so the first time you met him, what was yeah. your what was your reaction when you guys met?
1: Yeah, for you know, I was excited to meet him because it's it was like a dream come true. Yeah. like any other youngster from Africa when. We used to watch him,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. And what what was the first advice he gave you when you guys spoke?
1: Uh, yeah, he just asked me, Oh, I wish I'm excited, we are happy to see you here,
0: yeah. All right, Mustafa. Well, uh, it's, it's really been fun getting to know you here a little bit. I want to wish you uh, all the best going forward with the Montreal Impact, and I hope we get yeah. to see you in a Montreal uniform for a very, very long time. And I have yeah. to say, you really got things started. Uh, on the right foot. So congratulations on that, and all the best going forward. Okay, thank you so much. That's Mustafa Kiza of the Montreal Impact, kind enough to join us on Saturday Sports on TSN 690. The betting favorite heading into the Masters could miss the cut. We'll get your disaster of the week next. I'm Joey Alfieri. This is Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Montreal Canadiens Hockey. Montreal Impact Soccer. Major League Baseball. NFL Football. The Masters. Olympics. And so much more. Your home for Major League Sports is
1: TSN 690.
0: Hey, good Saturday morning. This is Saturday Sports on TSN 690 with Joey Alfieri. We're with you till noon uh, with John Still, and we will be joined by NFL analyst Jeff Reinbold. He's also the special teams coordinator of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. That goes uh, in about 10 minutes' time. Uh, we will be talking about uh, Tommy Brady. Can the Bucks get back on track? Is Carson Wentz the right guy to lead the Eagles? All that fun stuff uh, with the coach in uh, 10 minutes' time, like I said. Uh, we also had the opportunity to speak to Nick Nurse, uh, head coach of the Toronto Raptors, Earlier this week on TSN 690, Uh, he and I went down memory lane on the Raptors championship run uh, in 2019. Uh, We'll bring that back for you a little later on as well. Uh, But want to get to our disaster of the week, which we will do momentarily, uh, but want to revisit our Saturday sports question of the day, which you can vote on on Twitter at Joey Alfieri and at TSN 690. Uh, So very simply, you can either attend every round of the Masters, so that's four days in Augusta, Georgia, Game seven of the Stanley Cup final, but you don't know which teams are playing and you don't know if it's going to happen. The Super Bowl, again, you don't know which teams are playing. You don't know what's going to happen. I'm assuming it's going to happen. Or the 2021 Euro Cup Final uh, which is going down at Wembley Stadium in London. The results so far uh, kind of as I expected. Uh, Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final leading the way at 38%, but it's pretty split the rest of the way. Uh, The Euro Cup Final has climbed back and they've moved into second place. Uh, That's 26.4% of the votes going there. Uh, The Super Bowl 18.6% and the Masters 16.7%. I know, John. There's not a lot of people that, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, the hardcore golf fans are few and far between. Like people that watch golf. I know there's a lot of people that play golf, but that's why I felt like I had it. I had to mention that you would get, you know, every round of the Masters in. So yeah. it's more than just a one day experience. Because game seven of the Stanley Cup final, you're in, you're out. Uh, same deal at the uh, Euro Cup final and same deal at the Super Bowl. It's one day, one event, you're in, you're out. I tried to sweeten the pot uh, by going with the uh, all four rounds of the Masters and it's not working so far. Where, where, where would you... Maybe uh, it goes the other way. Maybe it's the fact that it is four days. too long? People just want to be in and out. Oh, come on. That's it. Now.
2: In November in Georgia. It's not the same it's as springtime wow, it's in not, Georgia. It's not
0: the same as Montreal not, in the, in the that fall is either. That is also correct. But so, yeah. Are uh, you sticking with... Because I'm going with the Euro Cup final. You're damn straight. You know,
2: yeah. you, you know who I is. Yeah. And uh there's no doubt that uh the euro would be absolutely terrific the the vibe the ambiance around the stadium the pregame the tailgates I mean it would just be mind blowing and it, the thing is about the euro is because it's a it's a the the scenario you have put forward has nothing to do with team affiliation I think the euro I would enjoy the most as a neutral. Super Bowl is not the same as a neutral, you okay, know what I mean? but hold
0: on a second. If Scotland was in the Euro Cup final in 2021, you yeah. would be a disaster. You would go, but you'd be a disaster. I wouldn't make the game. Yes, you would. I'd be arrested before the game. No, you wouldn't.
2: But, um, yeah, of course. But the, the the thing is, is that... But you don't know you, that, and they're probably not going to be it. Of all there. the neutral points of view, I think... As a neutral, it's best to go to the Euro of all the, right. of all the spots. And so you're other in than London. that, I'd rather go as a fan. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and you're in London. And I, I don't know if you saw this report uh, out of Europe this morning. I saw it on, uh, I think it was Calcio Italia. I forget who it was. Uh, but I saw that they're trying to move all the games uh, to England. They're trying to because really? they're supposed to play in 12 different countries. Right. Yeah, and I yeah. saw a report today that they want to maybe stick to uh, to England and make bubbles or it'll be easier to keep bubbles going And I think that's actually a smart idea because I know the tournament finishes, the semifinal and the final is in London, but the tournament actually kicks off in Rome. Italy's playing Turkey mm-hmm. in the first game. And so they're trying to see if maybe that's not, well, they're, they're trying to figure out if that's the best idea. I don't think it's the best idea. Well, I
2: mean, as long as you keep it within the British Isles, I mean, that would make sense. I'd love right. to still see Ireland get a game. I'd still love to see. I don't know obviously, about, they Scotland were talking about Wales,
0: game. Scotland potentially as yeah, well. For sure. So it might be they might branch out a little bit uh but uh, yeah that's uh, coming up it would this be summer. kind
2: of insane even if there is uh, hopefully knock on wood a uh, end to this pandemic uh it would be kind of insane that r- as soon as that happens you're like you know what go all across europe yeah, let's just not send a great people idea. back and forth back let's all just ease up on it we'll, you already we'll, pushed
0: the tournament back that's right. At don't you.
2: don't put your pe- your foot right to the floor Uh, on the pedal, just ease, just a little bit, a little bit of gas every little
0: which way. Are you ready for the disaster of the week? I am the disaster of the week, so yes. You are not the disaster of the week. That goes to the betting favorite heading into the Masters, Bryson DeChambeau. Did you see what he did on hole three in the second round yesterday? He lost the ball off the drive. He drives the ball 350 yards, Yeah, and they couldn't find the ball. You know what's crazy about this is this keeps happening to him. He this said, is not the first time and, yeah. that this happened this year. But did you see what John Rahm said? No. No, I John didn't. John Ram so somebody a reporter asked John Ram, uh, did you help did you try to help uh DeChambeau find the ball? And he said, which time? <laughs> That's a shot fired. Also, I mean it's look, I, I know all the talk going in, John, was about, you know, do, does golf need to do something about these guys that can hammer the ball three hundred and fifty, four hundred yards. And this is only a topic of conversation because it worked, and DeChambeau won at the U.S. Open. If it doesn't work, then we're not even talking about this. And right now, we're seeing. I think you just gave me the update. Uh, the cut ended up being because it's the top fifty players and ties yep. that make up the cut line, and he just snuck in. Yeah, even the cut par, was even. Yeah,
2: he and uh, Colin Morikawa, who are both. Uh, up there, as ter- in terms of betting favorites, both making the cut, and all three Canadians also making the cut. Yep. so very nice.
0: Even uh, Mike Weir, Mike Weir, Weir, Weir made the cut. Pretty decent. Hadwin made the cut. Cool. And uh, the other, uh, the other thing with uh, DeChambeau, I also saw going into the tournament how he said par would be sixty-seven. And uh, yeah, how's that? Uh, how's that working out? Well, it's for just you? like it's an arrogance. I'm it's a little a, bit of an arrogance, yeah, and I, I would, like it. But when it doesn't work out, you kind of you, you get humbled. You get humbled right. in
2: a hurry. But I'm such a I'm such a moron because before this was about to start, we were on off the cuff earlier this week with myself, uh, Campbell, and Knuckles. We all gave our masters picks, and before. We even made our picks I was like I just don't know Augusta's very narrow If you miss Either way You're in a lot of trouble And uh, I was like If DeShambo's not able To hit it straight It could be Incredibly difficult For him to do it At Augusta And I picked DeShambo. I you picked did. I picked DeChambeau as one of my three. Another one of my three you? was Morikawa and another one of my three was Rory McElroy. So far, my old guy, Tiger Woods, is actually the guy who's who's keeping my hopes together. But yeah, uh, in the end it turned out to be uh, quite prophetic. But uh, I should have heeded my own advice.
0: That would have made a heck of a lot more sense. Absolutely. All right, it's Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri, John Still with you till noon. Jeff Reinbold from Sky Sports NFL and the Hamilton Tiger Cats will join us to break down Week 10 in the National Football League. Is Carson Wentz the right guy to lead the Philadelphia Eagles? Can Tommy, Tom Brady, and the Buccaneers find their winning ways again? Jeff will tell us on Saturday Sports montreal canadians hockey montreal impact soccer major league baseball
3: nfl football the masters olympics and so much more your home for major league sports is tsm 690.
4: i actually thought that they should have kept nick Foles rather than carson wentz just based off of production and where they got to but, you know they won a super bowl with Foles. And uh, that was a little bit surprising, but they're obviously banking on his upside. Um, you know, I, I, how many more years do you, you let it linger before you, you stick with him or you cut bait? Uh, that's a question they
0: only can answer. I, uh, I respect uh, Brett's opinion, you know? I mean, yeah, we are friends, but uh, I, haven't, I haven't talked to him, and, and he's entitled to that. and. Uh, um, That's about it. I'll have a conversation with him off the record. Welcome back. Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri, John, still with you till noon. A reminder uh, that uh, beginning at 12, we will have Masters coverage uh, right through 5 o'clock right here on TSN 690. And then again tomorrow from 10 until 3 o'clock, it's all Masters all the time on TSN 690. We will also be carrying the Sunday Nighter, which I believe is Ravens-Patriots tomorrow night here on TSN 690. and Joining us now to talk about that and a whole lot more, as we heard on the way in there, that's Brett Favre saying that he'd rather keep Nick Foles over Carson Wentz and the coach of the Eagles, Doug Peterson's response. Joining us now, he's the special teams coordinator of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and he's a Sky Sports NFL analyst, Jeff Reinbold. Jeff, what's going on?
3: I'm good, Joey. How's everything in Montreal?
0: Everything is good. Uh, We had a nice day uh, midweek. It was like uh, summer. And uh now it's uh, cooled down in a hurry. Are you still in are you still in Texas?
3: I'm in Texas and uh we we are 3 and 0 in this little spring league season we're playing and and uh we'll head back home to Hawaii on Wednesday. So Wednesday. Uh, I'm, I'm going to dodge the snow all year long. It's a pretty look, good thing. For look me.
0: at you. Look at you. Uh, all right, Jeff. Uh, so, look, how about those comments on the way in? Uh, listen, I, I realize that Brett Favre uh, played the position at a much higher level than I ever did, uh, but I don't agree. I don't think the Eagles should have rolled with Nick Foles. I think they made the right decision with Carson Wentz.
3: Well, I think it's really interesting that Brett would go that route and, it, and an inter- interesting dynamic when you consider that. Doug Peterson, who's the head coach of the Eagles, was was Favre's backup for a number of years in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Actually, Doug was our coach, excuse me, our quarterback in NFL Europe in 1995. Before he went back and finished his career with uh, the Packers and the Eagles, and got into coaching. So, uh, I know those guys have a long history of t- uh, together, of, have a friendship together, and you know, I really was surprised just from a football standpoint when you look at Foles and you look at Wentz and, you know, you recognize that obviously Wentz is a far superior athlete, bigger arm, all of all of the things you look for in a quarterback. And, you know, Foles has. Yes, he did get him to a Super Bowl, but he's been such a streaky guy through his career. Um, I'm not surprised that the Eagles have put their money behind Wentz.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, and I realize, you know, we've we seen quite a bit of the Eagles in prime time this year, right? So and it's just one of those teams that I happen to focus on a lot uh, in any given season, but... You know, early on in the game, Carson Wentz tends to struggle. He seems to do too much. But I believe I read a stat, Jeff, uh, where in the fourth quarter, the touchdown-to-interception ratio uh, climbs up to, I think it's like six touchdowns, two interceptions. And, you know, he has been better mostly in the second halves of games. But they've been missing a lot of players.
3: Yeah, you know, again, this is. This is the great thing about football. It's one of the great things about football and one of the toughest things about football. You know, you can be a great individual player, but if you don't have a supporting cast around, you, if you don't have particularly weapons, you look back at what's happened to the Eagles at wide receiver, you know, I guess each of the last three years. They've mm-hmm. been just absolutely decimated, and they're taking guys off the street, guys off the practice roster. And trying to have a coordinated passing attack—that's really, really difficult to do, Joey. It takes time to develop rapport. It takes time to develop chemistry between the quarterback and his receivers. And the Eagles haven't been able to do any of that because they're constantly shuffling guys in and out. I, you know, I watched the Eagle Giants game last night uh, on tape, and yeah. the the throw he made on to the touch for the touchdown to win the game mm-hmm. was—and I mean, there are. Five guys in the NFL that can make that throw, and the problem that's so infuriating about Wentz, I think for Eagle fans, is that you know he he does seem to you know drift at times. He doesn't. He's not a particularly fast starter out of the gate. But some of that has to do with you know the opening plays that are called for him. You know he can't control that. And um, you know every coordinator has what they call their openers, which is 15 to 20 plays that are already scripted. And you don't deviate from the script. And so, you know, if it's not a great script, you're not going to open well. And I think once he gets going in games, he's typically much
0: better. Rivers out of the gun, drops back to pass, looks left, looks to the middle, throws left, passes complete to left to Hines, and Hines toward the pylon, and left side is in! Touchdown, Indianapolis! He's our NFL analyst, Jeff Reinbold, joining us on Saturday Sports with Joey Alfieri on TSN 690. That was Thursday night, Jeff, and uh, the uh, Indianapolis Colts, they win a big divisional matchup, 34-17 over the Tennessee Titans. And uh, in that game, we saw Phil Rivers pass, Dan Marino for fifth all-time in, in, in passing yards. And, look, clearly uh, I didn't see peak Marino. I was uh, way too young for that. But I don't think anybody you know in their right mind would say that, that Phil Rivers is a better quarterback than Dan Marino in passing yards and all that stuff. I mean, the numbers are inflated now, there's no doubt. But in your mind, it, Phil Rivers, in my mind, is a Hall of Famer. I'm, just, I'm trying to decide if he's a first-ballot Hall of Famer or not.
3: I, you know, I, that's a great question. And, and I'll tell you what Philip Rivers is. He's, he's a guy that you do not want young quarterbacks to watch and say, throw the ball like him because he has the most ugly throwing motion. His elbow is way too low. The ball comes out low. I mean, it, it almost looks painful for him at this point in his career to throw, but he still makes great decisions most of the time. Uh, and I thought in the game, He played about as well as he can play. That game was an interesting one, Joey, because in big games against divisional opponents, you have to make the plays that are there for you to make. And Tennessee dropped what would have been a long touchdown pass while the game was still, you know, I think they were actually leading at the time. That was a huge play in the game. And then the block punt was a gigantic play in the game because when you can get a seven-point advantage and don't even have to have your offense on the field, those things they kill you in big games if you don't make those plays and those are two plays that you know were I think the biggest plays in the game.
0: Mm-hmm. Can he? Can Phil Rivers go into Pittsburgh and win in January? Can he go into Kansas City and win? And like, do you think we know the arm strength's not there? You talked about the limitations. Do you think he can I go do- in and win in a big spot like that right now, given what he has at his disposal?
3: My my belief is that he's he's not a guy at this point in his career that you can put the game on his shoulders and say, Phil, so we you gotta win this one for us. I you know, again, I, I think this is a very good football team in Indianapolis and that defense is outstanding. They have to play the way they did the other night to beat good football teams. They have to play complete games. They have to play what we call complementary football. They got a big play, block, punt, touchdown out of their special teams. Their defense did a great job of limiting one of the best running backs in the in the, the game right now. And offensively, they didn't turn it over. And that's how they're going to win games. If you look at the Colts, when they don't win, it's because Phillip throws an interception or two, You know, they, they're, they're not able to, you know, play on all three, in all three sides of the ball. And, you know, that's just the identity. That's the genetic makeup of that football team. They've got to play great team football, much like the Patriot teams of the past. You know, they have to play on, in all three phases and they're not good enough, even on defense in any one phase to win it by itself.
2: Jeff, speaking of uh, phases of the ball, uh, I went out on a limb a few weeks ago and said that I thought the Steelers were the best team in the AFC purely because of that defense, and uh, trust me, I've been catching some flack about it since uh, what <laughs> happened last week against Garrett Gilbert and the uh, and the Cowboys. They're facing Joe Burrow and the Bengals this week. Um, do you think the Steelers are right up there along yeah. with the Chiefs and the Ravens in the AFC, Or do, and do you think last week was a was a blip or who they really are
3: well let's you know again let's look at last week for what it really was i mean they just come off a huge i mean huge win against a bitter rival in the division in baltimore and an incredibly physical football game and then you go to dallas and you you know i'm gonna tell you something you can talk about it all you want as a coach and you can in every meeting you can say hey well you know these guys we can't overlook these guys and they've got good players and all but you know what the players see the film And they see Dallas making mistakes all over the field, and they see, you know, the, the, you know, how poor that offense was against Philadelphia. And that was the classic trap game for Pittsburgh. So I would not measure, and then on top of it, Ben gets hurt in the first half. I wouldn't measure the Steelers off the Cowboys game. I think you've got a better barometer of who the Steelers can be off the Baltimore game. But again, it's proof positive that. You know, you better show up to play every game, and and they over. I mean, let's be honest; they overlooked the mm-hmm. Cowboys. And had it not been for some, you know, really dumb Cowboy penalties in the fourth quarter, they, you know, the Cowboys would have pulled probably the upset of, upset of the season in that game.
0: So, Jeff, the other team I wanted to talk to you about was Tampa Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, at times, you know, they put up some, you know, they've they've had some great performances. I think uh, most notably the one against Green Bay where they, you know, they gave up, a, you know, first quarter, they gave up some yards to Aaron Rodgers. After that, they locked it down. But there's been some duds too. Uh, they lost a Thursday night football game to Chicago uh, and Nick Foles. They just eked out a win two Monday nights ago against the Giants. And then they put up an absolute dud on Sunday. How, what's your level of concern uh, for Tampa Bay here heading into tomorrow? They've got the uh, Carolina Panthers.
3: What's the biggest concern to me about it was they didn't play well in a game that they needed to play well.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you can
3: understand a bad game. You can you know you can rationalize one bad performance, but when you're playing a division rival at home and it's basically for the division crown and you don't show up, that's alarming to me. And you know when you look at the you know play selection, they ran the ball fewer than I think it's maybe his, in historic terms. Uh, the fewest times that they ran the football now yes they got behind early but you cannot win just relying on one side of the ball i think they didn't run the ball against the giants very well and then they came out against new orleans and new orleans has been a you know a good defense but they can be spotty at times and they just frankly didn't even try to run the football and you got leonard you go out and get leonard fournette Mm -hmm. He's a big strong back and you don't give him the touches and you know, all their, it's, not, it's not injury issues, it's play selection issues, and B.A. really got after his quarterback, I think, again, publicly, and, you know, I think he needs to look at, he and Byron Lefkowitz need to look at, you know, how, how that offense has become so path dependent, and if Tom's not on, then they can't move the football.
0: Jeff, thanks for doing this again, and uh, can, you, can you keep going in Hawaii? Do you, do you want to keep going, or the, no pressure?
3: Joey, brother, you know I want to be here <laughs> every Saturday until there ain't no more balls to play.
0: I got you. Safe travels on Wednesday, right, Jeff?
3: All right, my man. Aloha to you guys.
0: Take it easy. That's Jeff Reinbold. He's the special teams coordinator of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, my my favorite my favorite special teams coordinator out there. I think he just maybe, you know, the last couple weeks he's become my favorite coach uh, out there. And he also breaks down the game for Sky Sports. Uh, he's their NFL analyst as well. Just the Do such he, a sharp football mind. And such a nice guy. And such a funny more, dude. And what a guy.
2: You know what it is? Is that uh, when I did play and from everything that I talked to for people who did play is that the special teams coaches... They're He's always, so creative. They're always terrific because they always have such enthusiasm. And that's exactly what Jeff Reinbold has from the times that I saw him speaking when he was at SMU and then in yeah. Hawaii and then here in the CFL guy is always obscenely passionate, and I'm
0: sure that's exactly what his players love about love him that when guy. it comes
2: down to uh, being a special teams coach. Love
0: that guy. All right, it's Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri, John Still. Uh, we're with you till noon, and then John uh, will uh, stick around. and will provide some Masters updates for you throughout the afternoon. But we are going live to Masters coverage uh, beginning at noon on TSN 690. Uh, before we do that, uh, I do want to play a, a, a little clip for you uh this is uh, nick nurse the head coach of the toronto raptors uh, he was promoting his new book rapture uh basically it's all about how he played how he played slash coached in four different countries 15 different teams and his road uh to winning an nba championship and uh he was on melnick in the afternoon on thursday uh he and i had a little back and forth we're just reminiscing uh, about the uh run to the 2019 nba title for the toronto raptors and uh everything that happened before that. So uh, this is Nick Nurse and myself during Melnick in the afternoon earlier this week. Kawhi up top,
4: looks at the clock, turns the corner for the win! Got it! Kawhi Leonard! With the game winner! Oh! <laughs> Some 18 years later, the Raptors
2: get the shot to
0: go. Uh, Mitch mentioned off the top, I was fortunate enough to cover uh, your run to an NBA championship uh, coach and got to attend games at the NBA Finals. And I was just, I was curious, I want to take you back to uh, the series against Philadelphia, Game 7, Kawhi hits the shot. Is that exactly how you drew it up in the huddle? (laughs)
4: not exactly i think i told him to bounce it three times on the rim not not before before he made it but no that was you know that was similar you know we obviously wanted to get him the ball at the top and and uh he has the option to kind of catch and shoot right away or we clear space and let him go to work and and um we'd run that play a few times uh throughout the year we scored once time one time we hit danny green on it on an option on it and but this time, Kawhi decided to turn the corner. He ended up in tough shot. Man, really tough shot. But, you know, need a couple good bounces like that in a long playoff run, and that was a big one, that's for
0: sure. And, I mean, you guys win that emotional game. You go down uh, 2-0 in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals against Milwaukee. And then you made – I remember this at the time, obviously, but you made – a significant tactical change on Giannis and Chris Middleton uh, by association there. Just what was the thinking down 0-2, and why do you think you guys were able to to come back? Because I know the players execute the game plan, Coach, but you're still the one who drew it up, and it worked to perfection.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think the players never really doubted that, that it could come back from the 0-2. I think Serge Ibaka gave a emotional speech to the team, talking about when he was with OKC, and they went down, Oh two to San Antonio and they won four straight. He so said that's what we're gonna do. And and uh I really believe that when we you know, we kinda switched the matchups around, gave us some better feel defensively. I don't know. I think the players kinda always believed they were gonna win that series, even though we, we couldn't quite get it done in Milwaukee, but once we got over the hump and won a couple games in Toronto, we started feeling really good about ourselves.
0: And there was this story I hadn't heard. This story I'm not sure if it was told in the book for the first time, but I absolutely loved that. Before the Golden State series, you put on, uh, you put on the L.A. Rams hat when you addressed the team and the Philadelphia Eagles hat. And I'm just wondering if you can explain to our listeners why you did that.
4: Well, I I thought that one of the first things we had to get over was the the aura of playing Golden State. You know, they were a, they were. A, A franchise, you know, a a dynasty, you know, um, they had a dynasty going. And I think you got to understand that you're not just going to the finals to participate in it. You got to believe you can win. And I thought I was just doing a comparison to playing the Patriots. You know, the Patriots seem to be in the Super Bowl every year. And I thought my Rams, my favorite teams, the Rams, I thought they gave the Patriots a little too much respect. But the Eagles didn't. The Eagles went in there and decided they could win it, and outplayed them. And, and that was just a simple, small symbolism of of where we needed to get our minds before we started the series.
2: I thought Joey was going towards the bracelets, and which brings us back to the music and the rhythm of. There's a rhythm to a season that you liken to jazz, right? You wanna you wanna explain what the what the AMJ bracelets meant?
4: Well, the AMJ it was just April, May, and June. And I think the reality of our team at that point was we were going to be judged on how we played in April, May, and June. didn't matter if we won 50 games, 55 games, 60 games in the regular season. The Raptors had been winning a lot in the regular season and not, not performing very well in the playoffs. And I just wanted to, again, throw that out there as the reality of where we were. And let's, let's, let's learn to get better and take the good with the bad during the regular season, but let's be ready to
0: go. There we go. That's Nick Nurse, uh, who joined Melnik in the afternoon on TSN 690 on Thursday. If you missed that entire conversation, you can find it on the TSN 690 podcast page. Uh, all right, before we wrap up the show, just want to uh, just want to go back to our Saturday sports question of the day, find out what the final results were. The question again, you can either attend every round of the Masters, Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final, you don't know who the teams are, the Super Bowl, you don't know who the teams are, or the 2021 Euro Cup Final in London, you don't know who the teams are either, the winner... By sort of unanimous decision, thirty-eight point one percent of you said the Stanley Cup Game Seven. Even though you don't know who the teams would be, Euro Cup Final actually came in second at twenty-seven point four percent. That's exactly uh, what I would do. That's what still would do too. Uh, that's true. So it. we're going to we're going to London, sort of in our minds. Not I'm really. I'm trying
2: to find out if I can go to London. Anyways, I have people, I have family to stay with next year. There you year. go. Perfect. We'll Mo Kahn uh, keeps hitting
0: me up. He wants to book a. Uh, Mo also has family. Like he has over family there? out there. So I don't know. Maybe we can make it's all it. It's all the people uh, who
2: have actually a couch to crash on who are actually going. We yeah. can't spend the money on hotels. Yeah, so it's maybe be out we of can control.
0: have a TSN 690 show live from uh, Wembley Stadium. Woo! That would be pretty cool. Woo! All right. Special thanks to the coach, Jeff Reinbold, for joining us to talk NFL. Mustafa Kiza of the Montreal Impact. Eric Wilson of the Montreal Alouettes told a really funny story about uh, playing with Tom Brady in college. You can find that on the TSN 690 podcast page as well. And Tim Haraney, who spoke to us about. Lance Stroll Stroll claiming pole position in Turkey earlier today. We've got Masters coverage coming up next on TSN 690.